you are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily Penn State Nittany Lions podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Stephen Pianovich. It is Friday, September 14th. Penn State and Kent State play this Saturday at noon at Beaver Stadium in week three of the season. That game is on FS1 if you're looking for it on TV. Penn State's a big favorite. Should be able to get to 3-0, but still got to play the game first. Almost, we saw that anything can happen in week one against Appalachian State. So we will uh, get you ready for that game on today's show. We are going to be joined by Greg Pickle of Penn Live. We're going to pick his brain and get his thoughts on some developments of the first two weeks of the season and also what he expects to see Saturday. We're going to do that pretty much right off the bat here on this Friday show. And then at the end, we will also have our Know Your Foe segment uh, to get you more familiar with Kent State. That's all coming up on today's show. If you're looking for more preview of the Kent State game and reaction to the pit blowout from this week or from last week, you can find them on uh, our full week of shows. We have This is our fifth show of the week, and all of our shows can be found on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Highly recommend you download and subscribe to Locked On Nittany Lions to get your quick 25-minute updates on Penn State each weekday throughout the season. Uh, they also make a really good companion if you're making that trip to State College this weekend. A really good companion uh, if you're driving up Friday night or Saturday morning, and it'll get you ready for the game. So we're going to keep previewing the Kent State game on today's show, and to do that, we are welcoming in Greg Pickle from Penn Live. Greg, thank you so much for joining the show. How are you, and are you ready for Kent State? Hey, I'm good to be on with, glad to be on with you, buddy. And yeah, I think I am. I'm looking forward to a lot of things we can actually learn about this Penn State team this week. More than anything, though, I think it comes down to what are they capable of doing uh, against a team that they should blow out. Because let's be honest, we didn't see it against Appala- Appalachian State. That was supposed to be a blowout. It turns into a very tight, compet- tightly contested contest. You look at the game against uh, Pitt. That was supposed to be a close game. It ends up being a blowout. So the question is, is this the finally the week uh, that we see Penn State sort of win in the fashion that they expect to win in? I think that's probably going to be the case. And if it is the case, you know, what do they do uh, to make it so? If they're, are they dominant in the trenches? This is a team that, you know, Penn State should be able to handle in the trenches. But, you know, do they actually do that? Or is it a little bit, uh, you know, is it a little bit like the last two weeks where there's flashes of brilliance and then some, some problem areas? So I think it's probably what I'm interested in watching most. And then, of course, you know, what they're able to do with a, uh, a defense that has been, you know, had some really good moments and also some really tough ones so far. Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of Penn State fans would be perfectly fine with this kind of turning into a, a, a lopsided, more or less boring game by the time the second half comes around. But I, we're still are going to learn a lot because Penn State, if that is the case, you'd imagine Penn State's going to try to play a lot of guys, especially with that new redshirt rule this year. Um, one of those or two of those people that we could see on Saturday for the first time are both wide receivers Justin Shorter and uh, Jahan Dotson who are big parts of that, that latest recruiting class, haven't been out there yet. Do you expect to see them Saturday, and what kind of impacts could they have? Yeah, I guess I expect to see Shorter and Dotson this Saturday. I'd be surprised, quite honestly, if, if either or both of them didn't suit up. I think you look at 
what this group has accomplished so far at the receiver spot. And A.J. Hamler and Brandon Polk, in the bright spots, but I think a lot of people expect it more from, uh, you know, Jahan, or not Jahan Dotson, rather, uh, Jawan Johnson and uh, DeAndre Tompkins, and that really has not been the case so far. So, to me, uh, Steve, I just want to see what Penn State can do with these two freshmen. Obviously, this is a good game to get them in, get their feet mm-hmm. wet. A lot of people ask, where's Justin Shorter been? Well, Justin Shorter, as James Franklin said in week one, was dinged up during preseason camp. It took a little bit longer than expected, I think, for him to get back, but everything seems to be going on the right path now. So as far as I'm concerned, we should see plenty of him on Saturday and then Dotson the same thing. Penn State feels good about, you know, what they have in him. I guess the question becomes, you know, how much do you want to play these guys when you know that you only have four games to play with and maybe you get injuries down the road, maybe guys aren't producing the way you want to. It's a really fine balance, especially at wide receiver, where, you know, we hear over and over again that Penn State's offense is built on the idea that, you know, they're going to give it the ball to who is open. It's based on what the defense gives them, so on and so forth. And, you know, if you put a guy out there at the receiver spot, there's no guarantee he's going to see the ball come his way. And I think that's what makes it tough when it comes to rotating these guys through and cycling them through and getting the freshmen some opportunities that they undoubtedly deserve. So, yeah, we'll see. It's, uh, it's certainly, again, I expect to see those guys out on the field and playing this weekend, how much or what impact they have, really be determined by what Kent State does more than anything else. Yeah. Uh, I guess, is is there a chance at all, I don't know if James Franklin has shed any light on this, that there could be a scenario where one of these guys does burn a red shirt this year? Uh, they go out and light it up against Kent State in Illinois, and maybe Penn State gets an injury at the wide receiver position, or you know DeAndre Tompkins or Jawan Johnson just really isn't producing. Could could that happen this year, or is that something that they're really trying to avoid? No, I would certainly expect uh, Shorter to burn his red shirt this year, just simply based off of everything we've heard about how talented he is, what he's been able to accomplish as a high school player, and then also in camp before he. Uh, before he unfortunately, unfortunately suffered that little bit of an injury that, that you know kept him out of the first two weeks so far. But yeah, I would expect him to be uh, not only playing, uh, you know, this week, but also playing the rest of the season too. He's just oh, too okay. good. He's too good of a talent to uh, you know to be not playing and not be used in this offense. And again, I think the injury was the thing that kept him out of uh, you know out of the rotation so far, and that should end uh, this week. And he should be good to go moving forward. So. I think he definitely shorter burns his red shirt, uh, okay. you know, in this run, in this, uh, you know, in this uh, season. Now, as for Dobson, I don't know. I think that's a little bit more up in the air at this point, just simply because of the fact that Penn State knows what it has in him, and they like it, and they think he's very, very talented. But, of course, the other side of that is, you know, he could also play in just those four games, be fine and be good to go, and then, you know, everything will just move on from there. So, I would say mm-hmm. shorter, yes, for sure. Dodson, maybe more 50-50. Bar, of course, if an injury would pop up, it's unexpected. Then you probably almost have a guarantee. But if everyone stays healthy, I think shorter burns it. I think Dodson is probably, you know, 50-50 at best. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that, that I mean, that should be an interesting wrinkle. Uh, Penn State, another big receiver to, to compliment uh, Jawan Johnson on the outside, too. So that could be good news for Penn State's offense moving forward, assuming he's healthy. Uh, I want to keep on the offense here and speaking with uh, the passing game, Penn State's tight ends this year have not been involved as as Penn State fans have grown accustomed to in the last couple of years. You look back to the Bill O'Brien era with Jesse James and Adam Brenneman and then obviously Mike Gusecki in the last couple of years. Tight ends have been a huge part of Penn State's offense. Uh, through 
th- uh, two games this year, the trio of, of Jonathan Holland, Danny Dalton, and Pat Fryermuth only has uh, combined eight catches for 85 yards. Is that just a, a kind of what Penn State's offense is going to be like this season, or do you expect tight ends to become more involved as the season goes on? Yeah, that's really the one big question everybody wants to know the answer to, and I think it's difficult to really figure it out because, well, number one, I you know, the question, Mike Kosicki was the guy. He was the one right. constant in Penn State's offense. And it was almost to his detriment, I think. I think he played too many snaps last year. I think he was a little bit too reliant. He was too relied on too much. It, helped, it hurt him in the weight department. Mm-hmm. I think it hurt him in the fatigue department. So I don't think it's the end of the world that Penn State has a little bit of a rotation going on at the tight end spot. On the flip side of that, of course, though, it's simply the fact that Penn State would like one of these guys to step up and become the guy. And the guy that plays, you know, if Kasicki played 90% of the snaps compared to 10% for the second teamer, I think they'd like more of a uh, 70-30 approach or 60-40 even. But right now it's almost 50, you know, with uh, three guys playing, Holland, Dalton, and Freermuth, it's almost something like 40-40-20. And I don't really yeah. know if that's the answer either. I think Penn State's been better in the blocking game with those guys, and James Franklin made note of the fact that, you know, they want they think they can get a more complete tight end when it comes to what these uh, this group is capable of as opposed to Mike, who was clearly a uh, tremendous mm-hmm. pass catcher but not so much a blocker. So, yeah, I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see where this group goes. I don't think it's been as bad as a lot of people seem to think it's been, but it's just not going to be what it was. You're not going to see that outrageous production and, some of the things that just Mike Mike was able to do, this group isn't at this point in time. But I don't think it's really been the knock for the offense so far. Again, it's just not what it was last year. It's not going to be. Yeah, yeah. Penn, I guess Penn State has been kind of spoiled with two NFL caliber tight ends in the last five years. So can't get that every year. Uh, moving on, just a real quick recruiting question for you here. Uh, Penn State got Joey Porter Jr. He committed earlier in the week. Obviously a big name that a lot of Penn State fans know, especially those in Western Pennsylvania. Uh, just what can you tell us about Joey Porter Jr., who uh, he's a little smaller than his dad. He's playing cornerback, but he is the top-rated recruit in Penn State. What, what does he bring to Penn State's 2019 class? Yeah, I mean, you look at it, the Lions are pretty well loaded up now at the cornerback position. They have uh, Keaton Ellis, and then in the secondary overall, they have Marquise Wilson, Tyler Rudolph, Rudolph and Jaquan Brisker. So, in really good shape here. Joey Porter Jr., I think the biggest takeaway with him uh, is not even really so much about him, but it's the fact that Penn State has been pretty uh, pretty light on what it's uh, offered in Pennsylvania so far mm-hmm. in this cycle. It's offered Keaton Ellis committed. It's offered Joey Porter Jr. committed. And it's all offered uh, Coatesville's Aaron Young, who has not yet committed, but Mike down the road, he's a running back. It's had a very good start to the year. And I just think that what it says is that Penn State found that he was a guy that they needed, that they wanted, and that they felt like offering, even though they have some really good corner offers out to other prospects all over the country. Now, the question is, is Lewis Stein, the former Massachusetts four-star who now plays in Texas at Deion Sanders School, is he still a take? I think he is even though Joey Porter makes his secondary class a little bit more crowded than it was before. But, you know, you don't pass up on a kid like this. He's a very sound tackler. He's a very smart player. He's going to make an impact for Penn State down the road. He's also listed at 6'2", which would make him the biggest corner on the Lions roster when he arrives in State College. So I think that's something that Penn State looked at, too, and said, okay, we could use a guy that's a little bit bigger and can play against some of these bigger receivers that keep popping up across the country. So, 
that's an added benefit as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, on top of that, for for Penn State fans, at least it rubs a little salt in the fifty-one to six wound that Pitt has <laughs> this week. So. Yeah, that's good news on the recruiting trail uh, and on the football field. We're with Greg Pickle from Penn Live. We got to step away for a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to play up or down about this week's game against Kent State. Stay with us here on Locked On Nittany Lions. Ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. Usually, it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win, but if you think you know, you've got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me guys, they are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and my bookie's mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today with my bookie. Join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar on deposits up to $1,000. Use promo code on college, that's O N C O L L E G E, to activate the offer. My bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Welcome back to Locked On Nittany Lions. We are still joined by Greg Pickle from Penn Live. We're going to play a little up or down uh, a couple of statements about this week's game against Kent State, and Greg will tell us if he's up or down on them. Our first one involves a, a player that Greg's very familiar with from the Harrisburg area. Greg, will Micah Parsons will record his first collegiate sack this weekend against Kent State. Are you up or down on that? Oh, I'll go up on that. I think that we've seen a little step uh, of improvement from him each week so far. I think it's important to remember that he's playing linebacker for the first time at the, at the highest level of college football, which is really not easy, but he still has looked pretty good right. despite that fact. So, you know, I think that this is a good week for him to come flying off the edge, get a sack. The other thing, too, I would say is that Woody Barrett, the Kent State quarterback, likes to get out of the pocket a little bit. That can be sometimes easier for, you know, uh, uh, to linebackers to chase him down. So, you know, you put all of it together, I just think that this does sound like a good week for him to be able to make a splash, to make an impact, and to get his first college sack. So, yeah, I'm up on that. Yeah, I think Kent State could be throwing the ball a lot, too, if they get behind early. So it seems like a perfect storm for Micah Parsons to, to make some noise. Um, next statement here, Tommy Stevens will play play in a game before Ohio State visits Penn State on September 29th. Are you up or down on that? I'm up on that one, too, and the biggest reason why is I think it's tough. Even though you have the packages for him mm-hmm. and you know what they are, you've been practicing them for two years and so on and so forth, I still think you want to get his feet wet, which is kind of an ironic way to put it, considering <laughs> the foot injury has kept him out of uh, action so far. But I think you want to get his feet wet in a game this year before that Ohio State game comes. Your margin of error is so thin in that contest, even though it's at home, that mm-hmm. I don't think you want to – Put a guy on the field in a situation where he's just out there for the first time. I know he's a veteran. I know he's played plenty. And that because of that, he doesn't necessarily need the number of practice reps that younger guys need. But I still think you want to get him into a game at least once beforehand. It makes you be able to do that. Maybe not this week, but certainly Illinois yeah. week. 
ahead of the matchup with the Buckeyes. guys. Right. And he doesn't have to do anything special. You can just, you can have him under, you know, in the, in the shotgun, in the backfield to do a couple handoffs or take a direct snap for a designed run or something. It doesn't have to be fancy, but I think I agree that that would be smart of them to at least get him some game action before Ohio state comes to town. All right. Uh, next one here, Deandre Tompkins records his first catch of the season this week. Are you up or down on that? Oh, man, I feel like I'm just going to be up on all of these, but <laughs> it has to at some point, right? right? And, you would think. You know, the one, you would think so, yeah. I mean, the one concern I have, I guess, is that Brandon Polk and he are now listed as or on the depth chart, which tells me that something's not right with DeAndre Hopkins. Either that or Brandon Polk is making enormous strides in practice. So it's certainly one or the other. To me at this point, the biggest thing is I think, DeAndre is probably pressing a little bit because of the way the first two weeks have gone. It's a good time for a veteran quarterback like Trace McSorley to get him open on an easy throw, get him in, get him involved in the pass game early, and get his confidence back. So, yeah, I'm up on that one. Too. Yeah, yeah. I think, again, this is, I think, a good week and the next two weeks to get him and, and Johnson kind of in sync with McSorley again before Penn State's schedule gets really tough. All right, Greg, final one here, and you might be up on this too. Penn State covers its 34-and-a-half-point spread against Kent State. I'm down on that, okay. and I was down on that earlier in the week, and I really wish I could redo my deck because I thought the weather was going to be an impact on this game, and it's now looking like that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Penn State hasn't always been the team that well, – there's two concerns they have. One is they don't always finish these games with the second and third string guys the way you would like and they typically let a touchdown or two come late that blows the cover, because you're always back door is always open, of course, when it's 34-35. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to go with down on that. I think they can certainly do it, but because I made the pick that they wouldn't earlier in the week, I am going to stick with that and say no cover, but obviously a comfortable win. Yeah, maybe Kent State runs a ton of plays. Maybe they'll get you 14 in the fourth quarter or something. Help out that <laughs> help out that cover. All right. I can see it for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Uh Greg Pickle from Penn Live. You can find him on Twitter, as I'm sure many Penn State fans already know, at Greg Pickle. Thank you so much for joining us here on Locked On Nittany Lions. Uh, enjoy the Kent State game. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Good to be with you, man. Talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Football season is back, and so is the chance to win big with FanDuel. You don't have to be a fantasy expert to win with FanDuel, and it's never been more fun or easier to play. This year, FanDuel has more ways to win than ever before with games like Gridiron Pick'em, Guru, and Beat the Score. Plus, new users get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit on FanDuel. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to start playing. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Welcome back to Locked On Nittany Lions. It's time for our final segment of the week. It is our Know Your Foe segment here on the show, and this week obviously is about Kent State. Kent State University is in Kent, Ohio, which is in that northeast corridor of Ohio, pretty close to Akron, also pretty close to Cleveland, and only about a a three-and-a-half-hour drive from State College, so not a, a huge trek for any Kent State supporters from the area who are making the trip to Beaver Stadium this weekend. Kent State, a pretty big school, about 23,500 undergrads. Uh, and Kent State, just like Pitt last week, has a 
impressive list of famous alumni. That list includes the trio of Drew Carey, Steve Harvey, and Arsenio Hall, which I, do they have like a TV host, game show host, talk show host major at Kent State? Because they are a factory of producing men who host television shows. Uh, yeah, if you turn on your TV, there's a decent chance you'll be able to see one of those three guys at nearly any hour of the day, or at least midday for Carrie and Harvey and, and late night for Arsenio. So that's, I don't know what, what's in, what they're doing there, but if you want to get into, if you want to host a game show, maybe you should go to Kent State. Um, they've also had, and these aren't necessarily alumni as much as they're people who attended Kent State for some part of their education, uh, just like Michael Keaton and Don King both went to Kent State. I believe they both dropped out, but they, they did attend that school for some time. Eagles guitarist Joe Walsh went to Kent State. And then from a football uh, standpoint, they've had some great recent players, uh, great players of recent memory in James Harrison, Antonio Gates, who played basketball there, if you didn't know. <laughs> that was repeated every time he was on uh, a NFL broadcast during his playing days. And then there was also, they have Nick Saban and Lou Holtz went to Kent State. So some of college football's winningest coaches went there too. So no shortage of, of famous people, notable people went there. Unfortunately for the Kent State football program, there has been a huge shortage of wins in the last few years. Kent State has not had a winning season since they went 11-3 and in 2012 and lost in the GoDaddy.com Bowl. Man, that's a shame. That GoDaddy.com Bowl trophy is... It's one of the most coveted in college football, they say. Uh, but So they have not had success in recent years. They do have a new head coach, however. It is 32-year-old Sean Lewis, I think is one of the very few millennial coaches in college football. Lincoln Riley is the only other name that comes to mind at Oklahoma. Uh, he is 1-1 one one so far in his tenure. Kent State put up a fight in Week 1 before losing to Illinois by a touchdown in Champaign. They, uh, and then they, they beat up on Howard, who is not an FBS school, last week. They put up 54 points and 511 yards in that game. Uh, players to know on Kent State include their quarterback, Woody Barrett. They also have a nice running back duo who had big numbers last week. Justin Rankin had 147 yards last week in a touchdown, and Joel Shaw had 105 yards and three touchdowns against Howard. So those are probably the names you're going to hear the most, Barrett, Rankin, and Shaw over the Beaver Stadium loudspeaker on Saturday afternoon. Penn State is 5-0 all-time against Kent State. Most recently, they played in 2016 in the season opener. Uh, it was a 33-13 win for, uh, for James Franklin's team in that one. So one out of the last one times that Penn State has played Kent State, the Nittany Lions have gone on to win the Big Ten. So maybe a good omen if Penn State wins this week, which Penn State absolutely should do, and I would expect it to be by more than 20 points. So that is this week's Know Your Foe, and that is today's Locked On Nittany Lions. Thank you so much for listening. 
please subscribe to the show, download, rate, and review the show on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. We had fresh shows all this week leading up to the Kent State game. Monday and Tuesday, we got into uh, recapping the pick game and what it means. And we've also looked ahead to this Kent State game and beyond for Penn State uh, in some recent shows. So give those a listen this weekend or uh, before Penn State plays again. And uh, we'll be back on Monday to recap Penn State, Kent State, look ahead to Penn State's Big Ten slate, which starts next Friday at Illinois. So I'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the game.